up, homies? Welcome back to the Hot Links Golf Gambling Show here on the Outkick Bets Podcast feed. It's your host, Jeff Clark, and of course, I got the homie Dan Z back with me. Hopefully, he can give it out another winning pick. This guy gave out Ricky Fowler last week, and frankly, I think Dan Z's the only one to give out winners for the golf uh, portion of this podcast. Look, so, thank Ricky God. Fowler was eventually going to win, and I, ga- I give him out every week, so I'm glad I finally was uh, rewarded by giving out Ricky Fowler for like the last 10 weeks. It felt like golf gambling Twitter got a big win this past week. Everyone was on Ricky Fowler. Everyone loves Ricky Fowler. Of course I didn't bet him. No. Yeah. I I told you you're, but you weren't in, I told you my analysis on Ricky Fowler. It's at a certain point became no longer like, do I think he's going to win? It was like, if he wins and I don't bet him, I will kill myself. Yeah. So I just have to bet him until he wins. And he finally won. It's pretty much now, how I, I feel about feel... Hideki, even though I didn't even oh, bet yes. Hideki last week. Well, I bet him against you and Ricky Fowler, <laughs> yeah, but I also, it was more of a fun thing. I knew that Hideki wasn't probably going to win that tournament, so I didn't bet him outright, but I did bet Fowler pretty big over Fina, which cashed comfortably. Yeah. Fina missed the cut. Like, the cut Dude, I had I had wild. My two matchups were... Fowler over Finau and Marikawa over Justin Thomas. Like, locks. is there anything better like, than locks. cashing a matchup on Friday night? Like, that's done. Guess we'll just chill on no. that one. No, there's not. Because you can't, you can't win an NFL bet or NBA bet at halftime. At halftime, like no. you can't. And you and we've learned the can opposite. In golf. Yeah, you know? exactly. But yeah, I, yeah. Talk more about your Fowler win because it's a it's a big moment for for you and all the Fowler fans. I mean, look, it, it's been percolating, right? Like, the guy's been in the top 17 of, like, 10 of the last 11 tournaments he's played in. Like, his finishes were all there. He's won golf tournaments in the past. This wasn't a guy who was, like – I mean, it had been a long time. But as I said to you, because we had this conversation a little bit, I think, last week, where Ricky Fowler has trouble finishing, which kind of did come true a little bit. Like, he didn't play that great on Sunday, almost lost it. Um, by making that terrible par on 17. Like, that was a bad par that almost cost him the tournament and should have cost him the tournament, quite honestly, till he hit that just unbelievable shot on 18. But what I had said to you before was, like, this isn't a guy who's looking for his first PGA Tour win. Like, is it a little more pressure because it's been a while? Yes. But this is a guy who has won PGA Tour events, like several of them. I believe he might have even been the number one player in the world for a very brief stint at one point. There was a, a major season where he finished in the top five of all four majors in one calendar year. So the guy... And he talent, won the players. Yeah, talent, just tons of talent. And it was just all about, he was going to win a tournament. And so why not last week? And it was last week. Yeah, he said that. Or in the, well, the, the, the broadcast uh, mentioned that he said that in the week. And then he said that in like his um, uh, winning press conference where he's like, I knew it was a matter of when, not if. So Yeah. And you yeah. have to have that, that feeling, right? Like, otherwise, it's not going to happen. Like, you have to feel like I'm going to win a golf tournament. For sure. I, I mean, don't... he definitely has to, considering he's won before. And it's like, I know how this feels. Exactly. Like, I can do this. Yeah, and it actually it was it was kind of cool to see it happen the way it did, which, like I said, was like that. You know, he was kicking himself for that par on seventeen, where he drove it into the rough, and then his layup was bad into the rough, short sided himself over a bunker. Didn't even make a great chip shot either. Actually, almost fucked that up and almost made bogey. Um, if that shot was like a foot shorter, he was going to be in the rough still. 
Uh, so that was a really bad hole. And it was like, at that point, I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, yeah, there's no shot. Like, it's happening again. Like, here we fucking go again with Ricky Fowler. Oh, like, it went to there. a playoff. I was like, oh, Colin Marikawa was winning this shit. I don't agree. Oh, you I, thought it was Hadwin? No, I thought Fowler was going to win once he birdied 18. But oh, I'm I saying on, on 17, I was like, this is this happened. Like, it's done. Like, I have no, this bet's dead. I wish I could cash it out right now because it's dead. Like there's no first of all there had only been eight birdies made on eighteen. Eighteen was a tough like, hole. Yeah, it was not an easy hole. And then he hit his tee shot just a little bit. You know he was in the in the first cut, which as the broadcasters noticed, probably won the tournament for him. Which is so wild to say. But the problem everyone was having was they were getting in the fairway, and then spinning it back too much. Every shot was I think even yeah there wasn't uh, enough Hadwin's. room behind the hole to. To spin and Hadwin did that. Hadwin's hit close to the hole and spun back 20 feet, and he had a 20-foot birdie putt, whereas Ricky's hit about the same spot distance-wise, but actually bounced one bounce forward and stopped. So had his been in the fairway in this exact same spot, it probably comes back 20 feet, and he doesn't. So, but one, I don't know, man. Oh, yeah, then he hit his tee shot wild, which we could talk about this, too, like, we we've we've discussed this I think off air I don't know that we've ever discussed it on air but like the PGA's got to do something about the John Roms where like I mean Ricky got a John Rom like let's be real like he shanked his fucking tee shot and kind of had the best spot of anyone I shouldn't say the best spot but you know what I mean like he was not in a terrible spot he should not he was not penalized as badly for how bad his shot was yeah. as he probably should have been. Is I guess what I'm trying. I to guess uh, if I can shoot him some bail, he didn't like hit it in the stands. He hit it into a crowd on like matted down, stepped on rough, which pretty made made a pretty good lie, right? Well, but, then he got well. But, like what Dylan Wu, got, the one he that got a pissed, drop. Yeah, go ahead. Fowler got a drop for some casual water. Are you familiar with casual water? No, I I I, I watched it and I knew. Like, I know what you're talking about. I don't know why they, what, what that means. Though. Okay. So casual water is basically like, it's like a puddle. Essentially. They're not going to make you hit out of a puddle. Right. Okay. But it's not. Could have been like part... a spilled beer. Like I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, did someone. No, I mean, that would be, no, it's, it's, right. a, it's essentially a puddle. It's water. It's, it's standing water where there, it's not a hazard. It wasn't meant to be water. There wasn't supposed to be water there and there's water there. That's yeah. what casual water essentially is. Yeah. It usually I don't think happens a... on a wet tournament. I don't think that's Rarely like a, see a shitty drop tour. or whatever. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that either. Yeah. I'm just saying like he was very fortunate in general to get what he got there. Like to have it to wildly hit your tee shot right and not only like have it not be that bad, but then also get a drop out of it was just fortunate. And you know what? Good. Ricky Fowler deserved to get yeah. a fortunate break. And you know what? He still had an 11 foot putt, almost a 12 foot putt. Like that was not a lock. Making that putt, like knowing that's to win the tournament because everyone, like it wasn't, you know, he knew if I make this putt, I win the tournament. And you could tell, obviously, based on his reaction, which of course is made just, it went completely viral. Like, you know, he knew it and he stood up there and he sunk the shit out of that putt. Like, it was a good putt. It wasn't one of those ones where it was like, oh, you know, I kind of mishit it a little bit, but it still sneaked in. Like, no, he hit that right where he wanted to. Never a doubt. Like, you just love to see it. You love to see it. I'm, yeah. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for me. More happy for me. <laughs> of course. Of course. I'm happier <laughs> for you than him, too. Um, he won yeah. a lot more money than I did, though. That's for sure. He he could have walked in that that putt in the in the playoff. And, yeah, I mean, he was airing off the tee in both of his shots in the 18, uh, hole 18 in the playoff. But 
obviously completely made it up for it with sick approach shots. Now I love which the, he I, dominated all week. He was, I yeah. think, was he the best strokes gained approach? I think he might have been. I don't know, I have to go back and look. Probably. I mean, I would assume he was. Yeah, I know that. I heard one of the, the one of the golf guys that I follow um, came in on went in on Ricky Fowler after the first round at like eleven to one because he had kind of a weak putting round, but like was killing in an approach, and it's like I can still get him nearly at the same number pre tournament and. He's gonna turn this around. So, you, you you're looking up on DG. He was first in approach. He was first in approach. Yeah, I mean he was great. Uh, my model made him second. I had no beef with you betting him or anyone betting him for that matter. It's a matter of you like, had him second on your model, but you didn't like because as a co-favorite, you didn't like him. Um, I just I just thought the the number. I, I don't know. I got too like stingy. Too um, uh, maybe greedy is a better word for it. I just thought the 14 to one was too expensive for a birdie fest. And if you think about it, like, yeah, Ricky Fowler played great, should have deserved to win it. But like there was a three person playoff and how many players were like log jammed in between like four strokes of the lead. So like it was a a tough tournament to win in in that sense. And he came through. So. All right. To your point, uh, your buddy who made the point, Ricky was third in tee to green at the end of the first round, uh, but lost strokes putt. Lost slightly lost strokes putt. Right. But was third in the field in in tee to green. If uh, if I can learn anything from this year, it's it'd be just being better or how to live bet, and that's an opportunity that I miss. I, I actually really don't live bet golf, um, and that's a huge weakness in my game. I, a lot of my golf betting, I mean, I, I put down all these bets. I, I, you know, like I'm down the units that I'm, that I'm losing or that I put on my articles, but like from a content perspective, I don't like writing about live betting or it, it has no shelf life. So I just, I just don't think about it. Like I just don't bet it in that sense. Um, which is dumb. I should just put it on Twitter and then give myself credit. Like once it's on Twitter, once I tag out kick bets and Hey, should have followed me on Twitter. What can I say? You know, but yeah, golf, golf's interesting because it's so easy to get caught up in the moment of like a big round or something. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get better at learning. Like, is this like the, the key question for golf uh, in both directions, it live betting is, is this sustainable? Like, is what this player is doing sustainable? Like, are they sinking 30 foot putts? Because that ain't sustainable. Like no matter what you can be having a good, but like, that's not going to last for four rounds. Yeah. Um. Actually, I believe Keegan Bradley winning the travelers. Like the only reason that ever even kind of got close was because he finally stopped making putts in the fourth round. Like, but he did it for, he did do it for three rounds and built up enough of a lead that it didn't matter. But you did see some negative putting regression in his final round. But like I said, he, he had dominated so much that it didn't matter. But like, that's something that I try to look for. And just like watching it, like our, cause I, I noticed this with uh, Rom a couple times. And this is why I was a big fan of his when I, when I hit him at the masters was Leading into that, like I was watching him play, and he hit so many shots where he would turn to his caddy and go, "That was a good shot," with a bad result, and that's important. Like, was that a bad shot, or was it a good shot with a bad result? Because golf is so fickle, and 
the wind catches up at the wrong time or it takes a weird bounce off the ground. Like, and it goes the other way too. Like, was that a bad shot that got a good break? And is that happening a lot? <clears throat> These are all things that you can kind of look for. Although Rom has in this weird space right now where he's misclubbing. I don't mean to talk about John Rom because he hasn't played in the tournament. He's not playing this week, but um, he needs to get that fixed. Like he, at his level, he should not be misclubbing, but he's misclubbing a lot. Which yeah, he needs to get a fix for you. We got yeah. we got Rory versus John Rom well, coming on the pike. We're gonna need and you a, have and gonna, you're flush with cash, so you can't tap out right now. We're gonna need a caddy. We're gonna need a caddy change for uh, Johnny R here. I'll go caddy for him. <laughs> All right. Uh, how much how much do the caddies actually play a role in deciding which club? I know. I mean, I mean, I know they're obviously the consigliaries and like their advice is accounted for, but like it depends, it depends on, on, the, on the golfer. Yeah, it does. hundred percent. Some golfers like, you know, we, I think we've talked about this, but like Jordan Spieth, you know, he and his caddy have a full blown conversation. Like here's the shot. I think you should hit. Here's the shot I'm thinking about like that kind of thing. Um, other guys are like, you just give me the number, give me the wind and I'll say I'm going to hit an eight and that's what I'm going to hit. Um, Rom has conversations with his caddy though. I've noticed he'll like, he almost, <clears throat> it seems to me though, he wants his caddy to confirm that he's right. Like I'm going to hit a low eight here and land and the caddy goes, yep, I like that. Like, well, of course you like that. He's going to hit it. So <laughs> it'd be a shitty time to be like, I hate that. I hate that idea. <laughs> like, what are you supposed to say in that situation? Um, since you brought it up, uh, brought up Jordan Spieth, I'm actually like feeling Jordan Spieth at the open this year. I feel like he's going to go well there. I actually, it, those odds have to be up. Uh, probably, yeah. Um, I can look right now, but the oh, um, um, Ricky Fowler is actually second at the Open the last time that was held at this venue, 2014 Royal Liverpool. He was two, finished two strokes behind Rory McIlroy. So great and form. That's funny because great there's season. a huge gap between those two. Rory is a going away favorite. Are you looking at the odds right now? Mm-hmm. I, I, what is Ricky Fowler? It, there's no 22. way he's 30. Okay, okay. All right, 22 is a good number. I mean, I I might end up on it, actually, because... He's 10th, according to this. He is the, oh, wait uh, He's minute. tied... Actually, he's T9 with Mark Howell, who's also oh, 22. I see, I see. Okay, yeah. yeah. Speed is at 20. 20. All right, we're not here to talk about the Open, but I'm, oh, yeah. I'm gearing up for it because... Yeah, um, of course. Because I've won the last two open championships and I I've bricked every major <laughs> literally since I started betting golfing. I, I might've won last year at the U S open like slightly, but I was not on Fitzpatrick. Anyway, question is for um, next week's podcast. Are we doing one tournament or two? One. I'm not doing the, you, is the Barbasol? Is that what you're thinking of? <laughs> I mean, the there, there are two events. I actually, <laughs> I know you have an anti-golf bef- before the end of the football season take. I have an anti-Barbasol championship take. Like, I don't do that. I don't do the Puerto Rico Open. <laughs> like, I actually bet the Bermuda championship and won, but I didn't give out anything. I didn't do any content for it. So Golf starts I mean, we'll do a me. podcast, and if you have golf Barbasol the- cha- picks, and f- yeah, golf for sure. Golf starts at the players. Yeah. I, I don't know why I, I'm a little disappointed that you didn't start it at the the uh, waste management open. I feel like oh, you were ava- yeah, you were available for right. the waste management open. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Golf's gotten a lot better at that. Like it used to be just 
I mean, it was the Masters. Like golf didn't matter until the Masters came around. Like forever. That was the that was the whole deal. And they're doing they're backing it up more and more, which I love to see because I love golf. And I'm actually you're right. That was kind of where I was, but now I feel like I've moved. Um, I've moved, and you're right. The, I'm in. What I've told people because I'm new to golf, right? And it's because of betting. And it's just like betting helps golf probably more than any other sport. Like the NFL football is just, there's always been gambling. Like it's just kind of always existed. Everyone's always done it. But like golf gambling is somewhat new, maybe not to you, but to like, you know, mainstream, the the public, whatever. Um, so yeah, I think like golf, I think golf will continue to like gain traction earlier. All right, let's shift gears and talk about uh, the John Deere Classic. In... Ah, shift gears. I see what you did there. Yeah, I like that tractor. A little tractor pun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought about it for a few minutes. Um, but Russell Henley is the favorite at the John Deere Classic. It's in Quad Cities, Illinois, which I didn't even know what that was until a few minutes ago. But apparently it's Iowa, Illinois area. Uh, Denny McCarthy second. Cam Young is tied with Denny McCarthy at plus sixteen hundred. My homie Ludwig Auberg, who royally screwed me last week, is plus twenty eight hundred. He's tied with Grillo, who I hit at Colonial at twenty eight hundred, and Hadwin as well. Any of those names jumping out to you? Well, let me just say it's really interesting this tournament in that it's obviously a super watered down field. It's not big names. But the way the the grouping is structured, it's as if this is a Scheffler Rom Rory tournament in that we have three guys basically at the top of the board, one slightly ahead, and then everyone else. So it's almost like, you know, Henley is the for is the Scheffler of the group, right? Like a slight favorite, and then McCarthy and Young are just behind the the Rom and the Rory, if you will. And then you have everyone else, like your Xanders there, Ludwig, you know, like your Xanders, your Cantlays are sitting there at like that 28 grouping. Like, I, I find it kind of fascinating that it's it's actually, if you look at it from that perspective, it's not really any different than basically any other tour event. Like, are you on one of the big three or are you hunting that middle range? <laughs> yeah, it's just a weird big three. It is a weird big three, too. That's the thing. Like, I didn't mean to compare Russell Henley to Scott Scheffler, but I guess I just did. No, from but like an odds think, board perspective, you make a good point. But I also think he is by far the best player in this field. And actually, if you compare their games, like Henley is the best ball striker in this field. I don't think it's all that close, to be honest with you. No. Um, the question is simply, does the putter show up? Which lately, that's kind of the Scheffler thing. Like he's the best golfer in this field, but he has his problems putting. And then you've got McCarthy, who's a little more ROM, like a little more consistent, um, great putter, great short game. And then you've kind of got Cameron Young, who's a little bit of a wild card, a little bit of Rory. Like, is he going to show up this way? Like, he's talent out the out the wazoo, tons of distance. Like, is this is the game going to come together this week? I actually just compared all three of them to the three. Well done. Three. Thank you. I'm impressed. You're on fire with this golf shit. Doesn't it make sense, though? No, it does. And you showed your math really well there. They kind of profile very similarly in a weird way, like relative to this field as as those guys do. Do you know Cam Young? This is going to be an awesome grouping. It's Cam Young and Ludwig Auberg just having a drive off. That's actually pretty great. That's going to be sick. You know, you know, I'm rooting for the American. 
Uh, probably. Especially after what Auburn did to me last week. That was brutal. He was one of my five guys. I had him, Taylor Moore, and Dylan Wu. They were all like tied in the top three. I, well, Taylor Moore was first, I think, after the first. Jeff sent me a text, one of the greatest texts ever, which was, uh, I think it was maybe during Friday or Thursday, whatever day it was, was like, I have three guys in in uh, Data Golf's top five odds to win this golf tournament. It's going to be so sick when I lose five units. <laughs> and it yeah. almost happened. Like, I, it, it did I gained one happen. unit, but it was pretty much because of the head-to-heads. <laughs> yeah, that, that's... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ludwig really melted down big time. Yeah. I'm not like, it's disappointing the way it happened, but you know, he's a kid. It's, it's like fifth start. And it's like, ah, eh, you kind of get you, that. They can't be unexpected. Like in my head going into it, that was one of the ways I thought he could lose. Right. Just a, just a child meltdown type shit. Um, I've heard a bunch of people make this point about Cam Young. If this was five months ago, Cam Young would be seven to one in this pool or in the, Absolutely. in this tournament. <laughs> So I hear, and I've warmed up to the idea of like a bounce back tournament for Cam Young. And yeah, but people have been saying that for weeks and he just continues to suck. So it's like, I don't know. I didn't take him, but I, I, me neither. I've won money betting him in the past. I wouldn't hate the look Um, because I do have someone at the same price. And you know, it's Denny McCarthy, 16 to one. Um, McCarthy's he, game is inarguably in a way better place, though. I guess not close. For sure. And, like, I guess I haven't been paying attention to him as much because I just remember him losing the playoff to Victor. And I was like, ah, he had that one good performance. But if you look at a season and his recent track record, he was yeah. playing his ass off. He's a very good golfer. And he's, like, it's hard to find golfers that are consistent putting. Like, it's just a, a thing that isn't very consistent. His putting is lights out. Like he's yep. fourth on tour this season. I think he's the best putter in the world because he actually hits putts that mean something, right? Like Maverick McNeely is technically leads the uh, PGA Tour in strokes gain. That guy hasn't hit a televised putt in like two years. You know, like Taylor Montgomery, he can hit the shit of the ball and putts, but it's usually for bogey. Sam Ryder's been- all right. It's been years, man. Like this, this whole McCarthy thing. I, I told you this is why I was so upset when I didn't when I lost that twelve thousand dollars DFS contest for not using McCarthy. I've been on this kid for years because of his putting. Like he's been the best putter or yeah. in the top five of putting for years. It was the rest of the game that just wasn't quite there. And I wonder if this is another one of those where he he didn't he. I'm gonna look it up. Well, I'll, I'll let you talk. But my suspicion is that he was a very low distance guy who got one of those swing coaches and added some distance and just was being held back by the fact that he was just too far and couldn't compete. And now he can like a Ricky Fowler where Fowler needed to add distance did. And now all of a sudden he's a, he's a dynamo. I'll have to look it up, but like, that's just my, or he just figured out how to hit irons. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Well, how I ended up on him is over the last 36 rounds, he's leading this field in good drives, which is a blend of, of distance and accuracy. So he's doing well off the tee, right? He's He's, 98th in strokes gained off the tee. Yeah, because he doesn't have much distance. Yeah. And and it's more recent. And he's only 81st in approach, too. Right. Yeah, he actually still doesn't have distance. You're right. He's like 129th. Yeah, but he's been... And he's not super accurate for a guy who's that that far back. He should be a little more accurate. But like you said, I guess it's, it's starting to come around. 
I mean, the, so over the last 36 runs, you you see the Travelers, which I'm pretty sure was easy. You would know this. It's easy fairways to hit, right? Mm-hmm. He was seventh Ish. there. U.S. Open not... had very easy. Fra- it was wide. It was just like tricky yeah, right. fairways. Like Memorial is another one that's actually has wide fairways. Uh, Charles Schwab, he missed the cut. I think that's a, a tighter course. PGA, um, I had tight fairways, but he's been driving the ball well. And like, if you look at his putting numbers, like it just like you said, he's been good at putting for years. I got into golf last year, and I always just knew Danny McCarthy could put his ass off. It was the rest of the things I need to see come around, and it has come around the driver recently. But over the last. What is this? Looks like seven starts. I'll read you his putting. At the Travelers, plus 5.3 strokes. U.S. Open, plus three. At Memorial, plus 11. Charles Schwab, plus one. PGA Championship, plus four. Wells Fargo, plus 8.7. Holy shit. And like, so this is actually it's consistently like that. You just scroll down his Fantasy National page and he's just always gaining strokes on the greens. Like, I think McCarthy's a tough guy for golf bettors because I think that the general edict in golf betting, and I'm sure you know, especially new age golf betting, is like bet the guys who hit their irons well and hope they putt well that week. Yep. And guys who are like great putters, it was like, that's a bonus, but it's not going to win you golf tournaments. But if you look at McCarthy last year, he was 31st in strokes gained total while being 146th off the tee and 131st in approach. His putting was so good, it made up for him being outside 125 in two of the things that we consider to be the most important thing in in golf, like off the tee and approach. He was terrible at both of them, lost strokes on both of them, and still managed to gain strokes overall. So even now, when you look at his profile this year and you go 98th off the tee, 81st approach to green like that's still not those aren't elite numbers by any means he's outside the top 75 in both of those important categories but he's so much better at those two this year relative to last year where he's actually slightly gaining strokes on approach barely but and he's only slightly losing strokes off the tee like literally it's basically he's got even stroke play off the tee but his putting is so good that he jumped from 31st to 18th in strokes gained overall yeah, because he doesn't even have to be that great off the tee or that great at approach because he's so incredible on and around the greens. And that's again, like I think it throws a bit of a wrench in golf betting because he's not really going to pop on a lot of models from approach play. Like most of the stats you would use, like, dri- you know, driving at whatever. Yeah, Because most people's stri- good birdie look is 10 feet and in where McCarthy's right. like like 20 and in like he's going to hit it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And he's not going to three putt. And that's the other thing. No. He's gonna avoid bogeys because even if he's even if he's sixty feet away, whereas like the PGA tour percent might be like ten percent three putt from there, his is like, nah, it's not happening. He could just cross that off the board. Yeah. He's either making it or it'll be inside two feet. He doesn't miss. So I yeah, I, I find him to be such a fascinating player because of how different he profiles relative to like the guy that we're talking about this week. Like at one point him and, and, and Henley were uh co favorites. And Henley's the exact opposite incredible ball striker who cannot putt at all like yep. at all and it, it's a super interesting mix of having co-favorites who are so different and i feel like hen henley is like a golf better darling like guy who's just super great at approach but just can't putt and you're like oh i hope this is the week he just finds the cup 
and uh, and McCarthy, who's the opposite. So I, I find this actually, you know, we were talking about last week, like, oh, do we do a podcast for the John Deere? Like, who cares about the John Deere? Like, I kind of do, man. Like, I'm kind of in. I want to see this Henley. I hope it's Henley and McCarthy coming down the stretch. And I'd love to see the Dynamo putter versus the elite ball striker. Like, I actually think that would be a super cool matchup to watch if it if it ends up that way. I mean, I think it could. Both have been in great recent form. And if you look at the recent, yep. the winners this season, it's mostly guys in good form when they won. You know, I mean, Henley, as I think I told you this, um, and I do think, by the way, just so we're clear, I, I'm all in on Russell Henley. I bet him uh, outright at, in two different spots, actually. Um, and I'm also using him to anchor my DFS lineups. But he just, I was looking at his thing and I was like, oh my God, he's Ricky Fowler. Like he has been top 20 in eight of his last nine tournaments, except the PGA where he missed the cut, which is exactly what Ricky Fowler did. He missed the cut at the PGA, but was otherwise top 20 in every tournament. And that's what Russell Henley has been. Eight out of nine top 20s in his last 20 events. And that includes some, like, this is a super watered down field, obviously, but you know, we're talking about, he was top 20 at the players. He was top five at the masters. Um, He was top 20 at the Memorial top 15 at the U S open top 20 at the travelers, like elevated events. His game is there. So I, I I think it's hard to bet against Russell Henley this week, which is why I'm siding with him over McCarthy. He just reminds me too much of Ricky Fowler, who just obviously hit for me big time. So I'm gonna ride that, I'm gonna ride that train. Um and this is actually kind of the same spot, right? Like, you know, Fowler was like a co-favorite-ish last week. It kind of bounced around him and Finau. Like it's very similar to last week. Similar profile, similar player. I agree. Similar odds movement. Henley did win Mike. The one difference is he Henley won Mayakoba. I know I was on him earlier this year, so he doesn't need the win as much as Fowler does. I going back to I, Denny I, McCarthy. I, I get. Are you marking s- that down as a bad thing? No, 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 no. I Henley's second on my model. I I do not hate the Henley look at all. I just to me it's either him. Denny McCarthy or both of them. And I just, I, I, that's it. Those are my two guys. And I chose to go with McCarthy and uh, the, the next four guys we'll talk about. Um, but McCarthy's seventh on my model. He's behind Henley. So I'm just kind of eyeballing it, which got me into trouble last week uh, by not taking Fowler, who's second on my model. I have I nothing. I apologize if I miss this. Who's one? Uh, Emiliano Grillo, who I am oh, on. Yeah. 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 Um, I, guess... I do love me some Emiliano. He's like top 25 in putting this season, I think. That's wild. Which is, yeah, because his ball striking is usually pretty good. It's very good this year. It's very good against the field for the John Deere Classic. And if his putting matches, like, you know, he's a threat to win in these these, these easier tournaments. I hit him at the, uh, at the Charles Schwab in Colonial. I guess what makes me nervous is that he won that at 8-under and, you know, gave it away, choked uh, down the uh, at the end, if you remember. Um, oh, I remember. That's the famous uh, ball down the river. Yep. Which I'd never seen before. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. They waited for it to stop uh, before he took the drop. But um, um, but this one's going to be, I mean, the last five winners have been 21 under. So you're going to need to hit some putts. Yeah, his Luckily, recent form he's, is. He's, he has. He's so he's one of those hot and cold guys, right? Like I'm looking at his recent results and you've got like a top 10 at the RBC Heritage, a top five at Mexico, top 25 at Wells Fargo, but cut at the PGA, cut at the US Open, outside the top 40 at the Memorial, win at the Charles Schwab, like 15 at the Travelers, at 15 under. I, I just, 
can he win a birdie fest? Because if you look at his results in like birdie fest, he always finishes like just like he just can't quite get to that number. Yeah, that is that is a concern. Uh, but the fifth at Mexico Open makes me feel better. Fifteenth at Travelers, which is an elevated field, birdie fest makes me feel uh, pretty good. But no, you make some good points. Um, I mean, I look. I'm not talking anyone off of Emiliano Grillo. I actually think him at 28. Uh, even with Adam Hadwin and Ludwig, to be honest with you, feels like a misprice to me. I think he should be ahead of both of those. Guys. That's that's where I that's how I feel as well. Um, so I'm on I'm on Grio, and I going back to your point about Henley with w- comparing him to Fowler. I kind of feel like Denny McCarthy is in that similar in that in that similar um, conversation or that similar vibe. I guess he obviously doesn't have the track record of. Henley Nort Fowler. Um, I don't think he's even has he won a PGA Tour event. Not sure that he has. Right, M- McCarthy. No, no, he hasn't. You know, he got to the playoff with. Um, no, with, and that's why it was. Hovland. That's why it was so heartbreaking when he yeah. lost because it was like that was that was, was going to be it. That was the chance. I feel like this could be his breakthrough moment. We'll see. Um, at these birdie fests, I I just like. Um, betting guys who are a specialist at one thing and that guy's just nails in the yeah. green. And and honestly, like with his with his scrambling and around the green play, I think another underrated part of the Birdie Fest, you can't make bogeys. And I he's not going to because he'll even if he hits a bad approach shot, he'll save it. He'll make his par. He'll move on to the next hole. And that's such an underrated part of like everyone thinks like, oh, you know, you gotta make a ton of birdies, which is true, but like every time you make a bogey, like you're really giving shots back to the field. Yeah. Especially depending on the hole. And there's a lot of talk about that even in this last tournament when um you know, when guys I think Ludwig actually did it. He made a seven on that par five that everyone was destroying. Like it was like a four point the stroke average on that par five was like four point four, four point five. Like he was playing under par. They made a seven. Yeah. Like you're giving two and a half shots back with that. Like that's just you can't do that. Dude, Taylor can't. Moore did the same thing round four. If you look at Taylor Moore's Sunday, it's like holy shit, he killed it. But he bogeyed a par five that everyone, or I think he doubled a par five that everyone was killing, and he lost by three strokes. It's like if yep. you get the same birdie that most of the field gets there, you're in the playoff. And yep. it's like, yeah, so so that I like about mccarthy's profile for these types of events like i don't think he's gonna make a ton of bogeys and that's helpful even if even if you're a little off one day and not piling up the birdies if you can avoid bogeys still shoot you know four under five three under four under five under like you just can't have that plus round like those will just destroy you in these these events yeah yeah if he has three shoots three sixty fives, which would be, you know, three six unders and then goes a three under, you can win the tournament with those, you know? Yes. So absolutely. yeah, I mean McCarthy it's it, wide fairways, big greens, he's driving the ball well, lights out putter. That's why I bet him. That's that's pretty much the TLDR of Denny McCarthy. Emiliano Grillo, again, he's top on my model. Third on my model, I don't have him. I'm having FOMO. Everyone I know, including you I think, has bet him. Adam Shank, third on my model. Do you have money on him? I do, yeah. Don't hate it. Went to Purdue. So he's like pretty well, much the only one in off. this in this field with a with like a hometown um like a hometown advantage, if you want to call it that. But his great form, you know, he's withdrew last year from the John Deere, but I think he's T six or better in his first two starts in the John Deere. Um, in my model, my stats model, 
Schenk is fifth. Uh, not a lot of bad to say. And he, he ninth in strokes gain approach the last 36 rounds. You're going to end up putting money on him before the tournament tees off. Let's be real. I, I, I budgetarily, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't justify it. I can't, he, maybe I've been looking to live bet more. Maybe if he has a, like a three under par round, uh, uh, three under par round one, maybe I jump in there. I hope not. Cause I also have him as a first round. I, I put uh, okay. a first round leaderboard on him. If he's, if he makes the weekend and he's 2,500 or better, maybe I'll jump in on him then as I guess is what I'm thinking. So. Um, I don't. I, I'm assuming it's mostly form, and Shank's been killing it. But do you have further Shank analysis you want to you want to give us? I mean, not really. If you look at his results, like he's one of those guys who struggles in the elevated fields. Um, cut at the Travelers, cut at the U.S. Open, cut at the PGA, cut at the Byron Nelson. Boy, they sound really bad when you rattle them off right in a row. That, um, I did this already when I was when I was handicapped. I was like, I love Shank, and then you look at it, it's like, ah, he. F- whiff some of these <laughs> like but badly. you know seventh at the rocket mortgage with a 20 under so he can get you know he can get to that number he did play well at the memorial um lost in a playoff at the charles schwab second at the val spar like you look at some of the lesser tournaments the farmers insurance top 20 like and he can get there um and he can put up some low numbers as he has shown yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Like I've always kind of been in, not kind of. I've always, Shank's been a guy who's like, like McCarthy for me. I've 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 been on to him for a long time. He's always been a great DFS play because when you play DFS, you start to learn a lot more about these guys that are in these lower ranges generally because you have to fill out your lineup and you need to have some of those guys who are, you know, plus money to make the cut and you need them to make the cut. So you got to get that right. Um, yeah, budgetary so a, moves. Understood. I, I understand. And I, you know, it's just, I like Adam Shank. This feels like a good spot for him. He plays well in non-elevated fields, which obviously this is. Um, he's shown success on easy courses, which this is. I I don't really have anything. I mean, the downside is he's never won. So, you know, does he have win equity? That's part of the reason I put a first-round leader on him. Because uh, I think he can definitely go out and shoot a big first round, and then that way, if he melts down at the end, I won't be as upset. Um, but this field, this tournament, this is like one of the events that someone who never wins wins. Like that's that's how it works. When you look at the previous yeah, champions, sure. I think Spieth won his first tournament here. I don't know, like 2004 or something like that. Michael Kim set the course record, and I don't think he's ever won before. Last year, JT Poston won, and no one has heard anything from him since. Yeah, the. Uh... I mean, the biggest knock with him is his driving accuracy. Like, he just misses a lot of fairways. But this is a course where that's not going to be as penal. He's still in the top 40 in strokes gained, you know. Uh, um, excuse me. Off the tee? Train of thought. Um, no, strokes gained total in, in the entire PGA. Uh, off the tee is definitely his weakest, but he's gaining strokes in every major strokes gain category. So he's a good scrambler, um, good putter. Like just a, it's a good balanced profile, which I think is maybe where you're having some hesitation. Like you said, you like guys who are, who crush it in one area. And that's not really Adam Shank. He's kind of just a good solid. That's what makes him a great DFS play, to be honest with you, is like in that range, like a guy who just does everything kind of good is really beneficial. But like, is he going to win the tournament? I don't know. I mean, I'm going to bet it because again, I feel like I would be really mad at myself if I didn't. But at the same time, I got to be honest with you and the listeners. 
I had some extra money in my account thanks to the Ricky Fowler win. So I just I threw some I threw some coin down on this tournament that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. Like I sent you my list and like that's much larger than my usual list. Yeah, but I mean you're running hot now. Now's the time to press your bets, trying to build your bankroll. So I don't hate it. And Shank is a good guy to back in this tournament. I actually love this range to be honest with. Like I bet. Let's see. Like I don't know. Did I bet? you know, bankroll wise in a smart way. Like you said, you, you're either on Henley and McCarthy and no one else, but like I put a little bit on McCarthy. Basically, I think if McCarthy wins, I'll break even. So I kind of hedged a little bit there yeah, and put more, more of it on Henley. But then I hammered the three, like the 3000 range. I bet Jaeger, Kirk and Shank, like all three of them. I bet at that 3000 number. That's a number I liked a lot. And 35 was another number I liked a lot. Cause I bet Eric Cole and Keith Mitchell. Yeah, sometimes I'll do stuff like that, but I won't, like, put it out there publicly. Um, you know, like, I usually bet a Colin Marikawa or a Deki Matsuyama, even if they're not on my card type thing. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And R- Russell Henley might be someone I throw, like, $50 on because, like, if everything else goes to shit, maybe that is my hedge, effectively. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Where, where, I, where I break out even. However, next week the outkick readers big oh another losing tournament <laughs> whoops sorry guys i'm hoping it doesn't go that way but um i i sim- i make similar plays to that um another guy me and you both pretty much texted each other at the same time about sunday night monday morning is eric cole i don't know if he's still on your card he made my card he's my favorite golfer um in this field on my card actually even though, you know, Denny McCarthy is the, the cheapest or the most expensive, however you want to phrase it. But Eric Cole's 10th on my model, and it's because he was trash and his only John Deere start. He's uh, missed the cut, but he kills in everything else. And when you take away course history, Eric Cole would be second on my model. I mean, he's just having a phenomenal season. He's killing it in, uh, in a lot of different things. 13th in approach the last 36 rounds. Six in par four scoring, first in birdie average, first in three putt avoidance. Again, large greens here at TPC Deer Run. He's in great form. Um, coming in with good juju. I think he played in some like charity golf tournament this past week that he won. Um, they, I mean, there's not a lot of holes in his game. I guess the driver is a little weak, but that's not as big of a concern here at the John Deere because of the wide fairways. So I'm on Eric Cole. Um, I like the number. I think I got him at 35 to one. And right now he is 35 to one on DraftKings. So let's him on. Anything to add to the Eric Cole, uh, bet? No, I think you covered it. I'm on him too, but I also threw a, uh, first round leader on him as well. So I'm actually on him in a couple different ways. And then the last guy I bet, uh, I've bet him unsuccessfully numerous times, but I had enough money in my account for one long shot, so I went with Akshay Bhatia. Yeah. Same! 100 to 1. Same! His birdie average, I think the last time I looked, he was 17th in birdie average on the PGA Tour and like 170th in putting. So that just gives you an idea of like how well he can ball strike it, right? The only way you can make birdies by putting it that terribly is by consistently knocking in three feet from the hole or getting like these random hole outs from like 150 out. Batia can do that. I mean, he's performed well in um, birdie fest at the Mexico. I'm looking at Open. his, 
his strokes gained matrix on uh, PGA, you know, where they got the dots. And yeah, it's yeah. like his approach is over here, his T is over here, and putting it around the green are like just couldn't be worse. Like could yeah. not be any worse than they are. Like he just sucks anywhere near the green. We know what we're getting ourselves into though, you know? One spike week. Yeah. That's all we need. But at a hundred to one, one spike week. That's all we need. I mean, he gained strokes putting once in the last eight tournaments and he was fourth. <laughs> that's, that's it. So that's he's a hundred and hundred and seventy third strokes gained putting and hundred and fifty third scrambling. God, that's bad awful. news. It's bad news. <laughs> yeah. If it, it if it goes awful. awry anywhere from T to green, he's gonna make a big number. We we know his this. One his one putt average is thirty seven percent. That is yeah. atrociously bad. Like that is unbelievable. But you bad. touched on it earlier. Like he's the guy golf gamblers like betting. Like an amazing yeah. ball striker. If he gets hot, we got That's it. We're getting a sick payout. I mean, is he better on this green at all? I mean, I assume he's not better on any green. But you usually have your putting. He's not. No, it's he's not. No, he's actually really good on POA for what it's worth. Okay. So I, w- oh. I would say West Coast POA, right? That's what mostly where the POA is. He's not as bad on bent as he is on Bermuda. I mean, that's the one good thing you could say. But God, he's top fifty in the world in tee to green. Yeah, he's he's a hell he's of a ball striker. He just came outside out, the top one hundred and sixty in a and around the green too. Like it's not just the putting. Like it's just once yeah, you get short a game. Kind of, yeah, short game is just awful. Like there's no other way to say it. Awful. Yeah, he's um, bad at it. Yeah, no, terrible. I mean, kids twenty one. Hopefully, you know, he's probably going to get better. At least he's got the ball striking to approve on. But it's fourth in my key stat I do model think, because I, think there's a good, a I don't have any short game there. stuff in there. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, he's been a pro since 2019, which is kind of wild when you think about it because he's 21 years old. You know, he turned yeah. pro at basically 17 years old. Yeah, wasn't um, his first I, start 17 at the Valspar, I think? Yeah, I think there's something to be said for what you just mentioned, which is like putting and short game is a big time experience thing. Right. Like the more time, like hitting driver doesn't change. Right. Like it doesn't matter what course you go to for the most, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're hitting driver, you're hitting an iron, you're hitting a seven iron. The only thing that changes every week is the greens and around the greens and the way the complexes are set up and all that. So like, I think there's a lot to be said for like, that is just an experience thing. Like you just have to play and play and play and see every different type of green you know, you, you get a better feel for how things are going to break. Um, so I think you're right. I think to that point, uh, he's a guy who's probably going to be really good in like four or five years. And mm-hmm. there are some guys who just are young and they just get it. They just get it right away. Uh, but it's very rare. And I think he's a guy who's going to be really good in like four or five years. But really, he just has to see more golf courses uh, before he gets there. All but the- it doesn't mean he can't have a spike week. I mean, let's hope it's this week because that would win me like two grand. Hell yeah. Um and all the course nerds that I follow on Twitter say that the greens at, at TPC or Deer Run are, are some of the easiest on tour. So if there's a if there is a spike week week putting, it's going to be here. And one of the comp courses that I use is the one that um, Vedanta, the one that they play at the Mexican Open at, also just a super easy course. He ended up shooting minus eighteen, um, had his worst round on Sunday. Obviously, um, but he putted his, his ass off there, and maybe we can get the same thing here. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. I also hit his top twenty at 
four to one odds. So I'm hoping one of those two get there. Um, obviously, I want the outright to catch. And he hasn't sick. played the John Deere, right? No, he hasn't. Yeah. So no course history, which I kind of like. Maybe that's depressing the number a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> if he had course history, he'd be at 90, 90 to one instead of 100 to one. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's his putting that's killing it. He's lost three strokes, uh, 3.6 strokes over his last five events per event. So whatever. We know we're getting ourselves into my card. Emiliano Grio, Denny McCarthy, Eric Cole. Oh, forgot to mention. Uh, Akshay Bhatia and Chris Kirk is the last guy I didn't talk about. Uh, Chris Kirk is also on my card. There's just a lot of approach shots from 75 to 150 yards. Chris Kirk is the best in this field with his wedges and short irons. This is why I was on him uh, last week at the um, Spacing Out Rocket Mortgage. And he cashed the top 20 for me. You know, looked like he was kind of in the mix. Wasn't in the mix in the final day, but was solid and, and cashed the top 20 for me. So I'm just going to go back to that. Um, don't think he can make enough putts to win this tournament. That's my my biggest concern. But he's got the, the short iron and wedge game to contend if he can knock down some putts. Um, and I think he's putt well. And actually, no, he hasn't putt well in, in his John Deere appearances. But I uh, like him for the same reasons that I liked him last week. So Chris Kirk is the fifth on my card. I'm going to be doing some head-to-heads a little bit later today. Um, recording Wednesday, a little late for you guys. Sorry about that. But that's my card. What else do you got on yours? Yeah, Alan Kirk as well. Same thing. I mean, he was cut three tournaments in a row before the Rocket Mortgage, but it was, you know, the Memorial, the U.S. Open, Charles Schwab, which is not a great cut. But, um, you know, plays better at these crappy tournaments and shot 25 under at the American Express. We know he has the ability to go low, finish third at the Sony Open at 15 under, um, you know, won the Honda Classic 14 under. So, like, these are 17 under at Rocket Mortgage last week. These are the type of courses that Chris Kirk can absolutely win a golf tournament. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. My full card, again, like I said, <clears throat> I'm not necessarily advocating for everyone to go out and bet what I bet. I had a little extra money in the account thanks to the uh, Ricky Fowler hit. Um, but I'm betting uh, Russell Henley harder. I have McCarthy as sort of a hedge. If he wins, I'll, I'll, I'll win a little bit more than break even. But uh, Steven Yeager, Eric Cole, Keith Mitchell, who I didn't talk about, but I am on Keith Mitchell, Chris Kirk, Adam Shank. I have a top five on Nick Taylor and first round leader on Eric Cole, Adam Shank, and David Lipsky. Another one I didn't talk about, but I only bet him uh, as first round leader. And I don't know why I did it. I may have had a few drinks and had a little extra money in the account. So I threw it on David Lipsky to be the first round leader. Beautiful. Love that kind of gambling. Um, Keith Mitchell, real qu- quick. Is that just... By low point, guy true win equity, you can crush the ball. Is that is that your general thesis? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, pretty enough. much, yeah. I've always like I'm a Keith Mitchell fan. Um I think most most people are. I'm a Keith Mitchell fan. Cashmere Keith. He has one on the tour, so that's that's nice. He's got four top tens this year. The guy can play, he just, you know, sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> he has in a while. What did he win this well, year? He didn't win this year. I'm just saying in general, what? he has won a PGA Tour event. He did not win this year. His last win, let's see if I can pull it up. It's been a while. It's been well, a while? Be, oh, wow. It's been a long time. Yeah, a this Honda. Could be his... Was his only win, 2019. Why do I think he, I thought yeah, he won? Yeah, 2019. That's actually kind of Fallery, right? Right around the same time. 
<laughs> Fowler. Yeah, yeah. Because didn't what was Fowler's last term? Wasn't it that waste management in 2019? Jason Day is was... probably like kind of mad at Ricky Fowler, huh? Like, God damn, this must be my comeback here. Yeah. That's actually interesting now that I'm looking at it. Keith Mitchell's Honda, his only win on the PGA Tour actually came one month after Ricky Fowler's last win on the PGA Tour before, obviously, last week. So maybe this is the Keith Mitchell comeback tour. And you didn't need to talk yourself into it since you already bet it, but good job. I mean, but again, like he's another guy. Like he has plenty of ability to go low. You know what I mean? And I mean, he's I you said he hasn't. So. He hasn't said you said he hasn't played well in a while, but like he did finish top twenty at the U.S. Open, which is pretty. That's a good finish for for Keith Mitchell, and he made the cut at the Memorial and at the PGA Championship. Like he doesn't, he made the cut at the Masters. Like he doesn't hasn't been like missing cuts. He's only been cut once, uh, twice. Sorry, in the like it looks like you know since the basically the turn of the calendar, and that was the RBC Heritage, which is weird, and the RBC Canadian Open. So he just hates the RBC tournaments. That's fine. This is not an RBC tournament. Uh, he got there in the U.S. Open T20 in the same way that could play well at, at, at this course, which is driver and putter. He picked up five strokes driving, picked up six strokes putting at the U.S. Open. And that's, and isn't that what that's we're a similar. Yeah, it's a similar mix to why I have McCarthy. So I don't hate it. You yeah. can keep that putter hot. That's my full card. All right. Good Do stuff. Do we have any? We have nothing this week? No, dude. I don't really want to go heads up because I, I, I feel you on Henley and you, you're hedging with McCarthy. So that's like the only two head to head. Like I don't have a strong enough opinion on Cameron I Young or Hoberg. I would do a Henley versus McCarthy if you wanted to. Though. Okay. We'll do that. Just add more action. Anything else you can see real quick. So we don't just hold the listeners up with our random bullshit. Like I don't, nothing else jumps out to me that I will. Yeah. Cause you're not going to bet against Shank or Kirk. The only other one I could possibly I see is Kirk, like, a, so. right. The only one I could possibly see is maybe like a Jaeger versus Grillo because they're kind of similar and you're on Grillo. But I like Grillo and I don't want to root against them. So that's not one that I. Jaeger does want my model too. I, Taylor yes. Moore versus Keith Mitchell. I'd do that one. Mm. You want to do that one? I do kind of like that. Let me let me get back to you before I lock All it right. in. But I, I, I like where your head's at. And I, I do think that's a definite possibility. Actually, I might do that one instead of Henley and McCarthy. I don't want to root against any. I like him. Yeah, and I my model loves Henley. Yeah, I, I don't want to do that one. I, let's do that. Let's do Mitchell versus Moore instead. All right. And cool. you're even and I, I think you already know you're getting the better side of that. So good. I do. They're the same on the odds board, though. Right. But they're not the same on the matchup. You're getting the plus money. I'll give it to you. You need that. You need it. You've do- had a tough season. <laughs> I do need it actually. Wait, are they? Are do they Draft actually Kings have has the Taylor? Oh, yeah, they do. Okay. DraftKings has Taylor Moore at minus one twenty. I'll do fifty-five versus fifty. I'm okay with that. All right, fine. Why did I just say that? All right, well, guys, we'll uh, be back. It. That's terrible betting on your part. Just terrible negotiating. <laughs> um, all right, so that's the end of our, our our John Deere Classic review. We'll be back next week to talk about the Scottish Open. Um, maybe maybe Dan will give out some Barbasol. Looks. Oh, I'm giving out Bar. If I hit, if trust me, if I hit, if Eric Cole wins first round leader and then wins this, or Batia wins this tournament, and I win like two grand in my DraftKings account, oh, you better believe like fifteen hundred of it's going on next week. Oh yeah, I'm betting the shit out of Sam Stevens at the Barbasol if uh, I if I win uh, any money this week. 
I might go a thousand bucks on Rory McIlroy to win the Scottish Open if if I hit that. I don't hate that, even though Xander's the defending champ, and you love Xander. I do love Xander, but Rory's uh, been going game. well lately. We'll talk I, it's, about it's, it. Yeah, we'll <laughs> talk about it next week. Um, I like Rory. You're the only one who made me hate, not hate Rory, but like root against him because of our little side bet. Um, I like Rory McIlroy. Hasn't sound. Thank like God, it. I actually won't. I won't have to root against him though, because uh, Rom, as far as I can tell, is not playing in the Scottish Open, so I don't think that's going to be an issue. That's weird. I do think it's weird too. Maybe, sure. maybe out of sight, out of mind. You jump in on Rom at the Open, maybe. All right. Oh, I'm, I'm, bet, oh, I'm betting him at the Open. I'm kind of yeah. I'm kind of feeling him know, at the Open now. You don't have to. Yeah. No question. All right. All right. We're kind of uh. We're kind of jumping ahead of ourselves. We also gonna. I'm gonna start previewing the NFL here in the next couple weeks. So look out for that, Dan. I'm gonna try to get you on board for that stuff. But uh, we'll talk to you next week for. Um, or I'll talk to you next week for the Scottish Open. But until then, peace. peace.